Welcome back to another brew session with Marketing Essentials. I'm your host, Jenna, and I'm joined with Jessica. Hey there. Brew session is your chance to join us every week with your favorite brew, whether that's a cup of coffee or something stronger, as we discuss everything digital marketing. And on tap for today, last time we talked all about Crow or conversion rate optimization and what that means for your website and your design. So if you haven't listened to that yet, um, head on over to Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and you can give it a listen. We also wrote up an article to go with that episode and it's actually currently featured on dribble.com and you can check out the show notes for a link to that article if you want to read it. Today we are going to be talking about another favorite acronym of ours and that is search engine optimization or SEO. And you're probably wondering if you're not familiar with it, what the heck is SEO? And some people have heard of it, but don't even know to where to start because it is a pretty complex topic. But what we're going to do is try and help you break it down so that you can understand what it means for your website and start trying it out today. We promise it's not too hard. So SEO includes the tactics you do both on your website and sometimes through the promotion of your website that can help you gain a higher ranking in the search engines. So when we say search engines, we usually mean Google and its brands like YouTube. These sites capture nearly all of the search traffic online, so it makes the most sense to focus on those. And for an important note, SEO isn't an exact science. Google doesn't just tell us their rules or their ranking signals, and oftentimes we have to figure them out. And also what works best for your site is often a process of trial and error. So why is SEO important? So most importantly, it's going to gain you visibility on Google. It's going to help you elicit clicks when people do see your site on those search engines, and it's going to help you find a wider audience. And again, as we go through these things, this can be a really complex topic. Um, so we're just gonna kind of give you some basics that you need to know. And if it's something that you're interested more in, we're gonna put in some um, links and resources in the show notes for you. But just to kind of get started. So when I think of SEO, Jenna, I'm usually thinking of a couple basic points that we focus on here. So those are one, keywords and on-page SEO two is links, and three are technical updates. So I'll just kind of go through the first two um, pretty briefly. Keywords are the terms that your audience is using to search online. So if you own, let's say a bakery, they're gonna be looking for things like bakery near me or best bakery in X town. So keep in mind that the words your audience is using to search might not be what you think they'd use. So we'll talk about how to find these keywords in a little bit. And for now, just know that using these keywords naturally and quality content on your site um, can help you rank for the words that you want to. The next up was links and links show Google that your site is authoritative and trustworthy. So when you have high quality websites linking back to your website, it can actually help boost your SEO results. It kind of shows Google that your site is, um, it, you know, is trusted and is, is a good resource for something. That's why people are linking back to you. And technical updates are things that you can do on your site um, whether it's through the structure or the code that help Google understand what your site is all about and how to judge its quality. So how does Google know what's on your site? 
it uses algorithms that are called spiders that crawl your site and check out all those things that we just mentioned. So this crawling might take a while from the time your site is updated, which is just one reason that you're not going to see results from SEO updates overnight. And Jenna will talk more about kind of that technical side in a little bit. So first, let's cover that on-page SEO and keyword research. And the first thing I want to tell you is just adding a ton of keywords to your site is not going to help you in SEO. Um, in the past, that might have worked. People got tricky and they try to stuff keywords everywhere. Um, people would do things like hide them in white text on pages or cram them into meta descriptions. But Google has gotten pretty smart since then and it, was, it will see through those schemes and it might penalize you for it. So don't try those things. Instead, like I said, you should focus on kind of naturally adding those keywords into your content in a way that helps users. So there are a number of tools out there to help you find the keywords that your audience is using. Some of them are free and some are pretty pricey, but whatever you end up choosing, um, I recommend focusing on quality over quantity. So pick a few words that you really want to rank for instead of trying to go for everything. So maybe for you, um, that is your, your company's brand name. Maybe it's a particular product that you have. What is going to make the most sense for your website? You want to write quality content for your website that incorporates these keywords. And what does quality mean? Um, it means writing something that if someone finds it is actually going to be helpful um, and relates to the title and the keyword that they think they're looking for. Um, if it's not, if it's, you know, just a, a really short, not great piece of content on your site, that's not really going to help your SEO um, value. When it is a well-written, thoughtful, original piece of content and incorporates those keywords, um, that will help your SEO because Google is searching that and it will see um, that that is relevant to that keyword. Links was the next topic. And this one is kind of complex, um, but just at a very basic standpoint, when you set up your site in a way that pages are internally linking to each other in a way that makes sense, um, that's actually one way that you can help your SEO because Google can better understand how your, your pages on your site are related and what your site is all about. Um, but another type of link that you'll often hear about is incoming or external links. And these are links, like I mentioned before, that other websites are sending to your site. So this is going to help your SEO because again, it's showing that trust factor. Um, someone else thought your site was good enough to link to it and that can give you a boost in SEO. So that's just kind of a quick overview of how links work and that's it's a pretty complex strategy. There's been um, a lot written on this topic and it's, it's changing constantly because of Google's algorithm changing frequently. Um, if you want to know more about this and, and find more strategies for building up your link profile, we're going to put a couple of notes in that episode um, description for you. Thanks, Jessica. That was a lot of really great info on that on-page SEO and specifically on keyword research. So next, we are going to dive into some of the more technical aspects of SEO for your website. And keep in mind, this is not an exhaustive list. And like we mentioned earlier, Google doesn't just release a full list of these ranking signals. You know, no one has the answer to what all those are. So if they try and tell you they do, that is not the case. But here's a good chunk of some of the most important aspects to get your website in line so that you can really be optimized for those search engines. So first, 
Prior to really digging into any data on SEO, you need to set up some platforms that will allow you to review that data and make some meaningful changes. So anytime you are releasing a website, you want to make sure you are setting up Google Search Console and also Google Analytics. These tools allow you to do things such as submit your sitemap and they'll help you view how your keywords are performing in each of the search engines. And Google Analytics sort of takes that data one step further and it's a no-brainer. It should be set up for every website that you have. It'll give you invaluable insight into how your website is performing, things like what pages are receiving the most traffic, how long people are on those pages, and so much more. Next, what I'm going to recommend is that you install an SEO plugin on your site. So the one that we recommend for any WordPress sites is Yoast SEO. That's our favorite. It's free. It gives you a lot of great information. And these plugins are a great way to monitor the various SEO elements on your site. Many of those plugins will notify you if there's any red flags or errors for how you're ranking, and they can give you tools that'll help your site get into that top SEO shape. They'll give you tools such as like a bulk editor to check for title tags and meta descriptions on every page to make sure none are missing and to add ones that are. And they'll give you settings on how you want your website to appear on things like the Google Knowledge Graph and so much more. So they're really invaluable. What you also want to do is generate and submit a sitemap. So plugins like the aforementioned one will generate one for you. And then you can use the tools such as Google Search Console to submit your sitemap to the search engines. And what that sitemap does is it tells those search engine crawlers every available page on your website. That way you can ensure everything actually gets indexed in the search engines. Next, you're going to want to make sure you have a robots.com text file installed on your site. Quite simply, this text file tells the search engine crawlers the pages and files that the web crawlers can or can't request from your site. You can do a simple check to see if your site has one by going to yoursite.com forward slash robots.txt. So again, first check if you have one, and if not, Plugins like Yosesio and some other similar ones, um, they can help you get that set up and make sure that you're not having any errors. Next, this one's so, so important. Make sure you are set up for HTTPS. So this is ensuring that your site is secure and has an SSL certificate installed. It has been a ranking factor since 2014 and It'll tell your, the search engines that your site is secure. So you really want to make sure that this is done. And even just recently, sites that do not have that SSL certificate installed are going to give people an error when they pull up your website address. You may even get a full page error that people will see and they're not even going to see your regular website. So it's important for SEO and it's huge for user experience as well. So again, you can easily check it by looking at your URL bar, making sure that it has that padlock on it. 
kind of going off of that, you also want to make sure you're not including regular HTTP links on those HTTPS pages because those will throw errors as well. Next, it is so important that you're only allowing Google to index one singular version of your website. So what we mean by that, we do not want your site to be indexed at the www version as well as the non-www version. Similarly, you don't want your site to be indexed for the HTTP and HTTPS versions of your website. These are all actually very different versions of your site and they all should point to one single URL. So you can do that with a 301 redirect. Next, an important consideration that is often overlooked is site speed. So it's really important that you keep your site running quickly, otherwise you will be docked on your search engine ranking because it is such an important consideration for user experience, knowing that you know, if someone jumps on your site and it takes seven, eight seconds to load, they're gonna jump back off. So Google is now penalizing sites that have slow loading speeds because it's such a poor user experience. So you also wanna make sure that you fix any broken links on your site, whether that's to any other interior pages or any outbound links. So make sure you're monitoring links that you have that would go to exterior websites because that can affect your ranking. Finally, you do wanna make sure your site is mobile friendly. It's been a ranking factor since mid 2019 when Google rolled out the mobile first indexing. So if you have a great site on desktop, but it's a really poor mobile experience, you are going to be docked heavily in the search engine. So we cannot stress that enough. And actually one more, and this is probably some of the most important, you want to check your header tags. So like the H1 and H2 elements on your pages so that they're written to include those keyword terms and also so that you don't have duplicate um, header tags. You also want to make sure you have updated title tags for every page as well as meta descriptions because those are so important for what is being displayed in the search engines. And also you wanna make sure every image on your site has alt text associated with it. So again, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is not an exhaustive list by any means. There are hundreds of ranking factors that Google considers, but this is a pretty solid list to get you started. That way you make sure that technically your site is at a great starting point. Something to think about with this is you're not just doing these things just for the SEO value. Like Jenna mentioned, these are most of these things are actually going to make your site um, easier to use and work better for your users. So it's kind of a um, double benefit there. And I think the other thing to think of with this is you can't control everything um, that Google does or your, your rankings necessarily, but you can control all these things on your own site and kind of set yourself up for success. So kind of think of these technical SEO elements as like almost freebies for your SEO. If you get them in place, that's going to give you um, a good head start. So like we mentioned earlier, again, no one can promise SEO results because the search engines are so volatile. Um, Google is typically doing algorithm updates, minor ones, almost all the time and major ones, you know, maybe a couple times a year or so. So results can take time because these signals are always changing. So if an agency or, you know, a web developer is telling you, oh, they'll get you to such and such position or a certain rank on a search engine page, um, you might want to look elsewhere because there's really no way that someone can promise you that. So just kind of be aware of that. 
The other thing I want to talk about is SEO has definitely gotten a lot more complicated over the years because like I said, the algorithms, algorithms have gotten a lot smarter and there are a lot more competitors out there. So if you don't see immediate results when you start to make these changes, don't be discouraged. Um, really think of SEO as a long game that takes time and dedication to play, but the results can be huge. I mean, even if you're getting a couple extra clicks every month because you improved a ranking, um, that could actually translate to a lot in sales. So don't be discouraged and just focus on small bits of progress instead of suddenly wanting to rank number one for your keyword. So we pretty much just scratched the surface here in, of this topic. This is um, a, a big job and some people do this for, you know, their whole job is doing SEO. So it's going to take some time to get used to it. Just be sure to check out some of the show notes that we're going to um, drop in for you and we'll provide more information and resources to help you get started. And Jessica, I think that's a really great point you make on just focusing on those small bits of progress because like you said, especially if you're just getting started with SEO and you know you're not going to have the capacity to do a ton um, and you're doing it all on your own, really just starting with those small chunks of things that you know you can control will make a huge difference. Okay, so next up we have our house blend section with some marketing tips and news that we've found recently. So in the first study that we came across, it's showing that Gen Z actually have a higher ability to recall advertisements um, that they've seen than even millennials and especially a higher ability to recall it than the Gen Xers and the baby boomers. Additionally, this is often time for what we're going to call skippable ads. So think of like the Instagram ads that they can skip through, meaning they might not even be viewing this ad for more than two seconds, but they have this, <laughs> what I'd like to say, this uncanny ability to recall the content from that ad, which is pretty incredible. A few other things to note from the study, this new generation indicates a higher that there's a higher importance of branding and how that affects them. So marketers take note, don't miss your opportunity to catch this generation early and earn their loyalty because they are staying loyal to certain brands that they feel drawn to. Also, if you are specifically targeting that younger audience, keep your ads short and sweet. They may have lower attention spans, but they actually have a larger capacity for recalling stuff shown in a very short amount of time. Next up, we came across an article with another study saying that it's been found that blue chip brands such as McDonald's, Expedia, LinkedIn, et cetera, those actually have dropped off the brand keys loyalty list, while many newcomers have made it onto the list for the first time over the past couple months. So this sort of indicates this big shift during the COVID pandemic, that during the first few months, the brands that showed up, those are the ones that are seeing brand loyalty now. More new companies showed up in this top 100 than at any other time in history. So again, important for you marketers to keep in mind that even if you're a fairly new brand on the scene, this is your time to take advantage of gaining that loyalty from new fans. And last, we've actually found a really interesting study. So most companies hate seeing negative reviews on your Google account or on another page. Um, especially if it's something subjective that you couldn't necessarily control. 
but there's a new study that found that these negative reviews may actually help build empathy for your business. So basically, if you read a review that's clearly unfair or just sounds ridiculous, you're actually going to have compassion for that brand for having to deal with it. And some companies have even turned these negative reviews into compliments, basically, like a hotel chain that featured bad reviews about their decor as a way to highlight the unique design they have that's not for everyone. So I would say if it's a review of something that you really messed up on, address it. If it's something that was just way out of your control, um, just address it and then move on. That's actually so interesting, Jessica. I love that. Um, taking maybe what you would look at as a negative review and turn it into a compliment, such as the one about the decor in the hotel. That's just a really fun way to, you know, you're not going to avoid these situations. You know, everyone's going to have that time where they either receive a bad review, a bad comment on a social channel. It's going to be how you address it and move on. Next up, we're going to dive into some of our listener submissions that we had come in. So for the first one, we had someone say, I'm a small business and we just have a one person marketing team. I really want to focus on SEO, but I don't have the big budget or the time to spend on it. You know, it's just that one person marketing team and I can't really hire anything out, anyone else. So what are a few things I can do that are going to give me a boost if I'm limited on time and resources? So there are a few things you can do to get started with SEO on a small scale. First, you want to make sure your website is using your brand name correctly and in multiple places. So on the page and within the content, within the meta description, and within the title tags, things like that. This will make sure you're at least ranking for your brand name and you never want another company ranking for that. Fortunately, most companies are already doing okay in terms of this, but it can't hurt to check because we have seen it happen. <laughs> you also wanna make sure your content is specific and helpful and that you have enough of that content built out. So, you know, we're not looking for a page that only has two sentences of copy on it. Um, it's not helpful to the search engines. It's not helpful to your users. So, you know, we, you might not be a copy expert, that's okay, but think of it this way. You wanna answer questions people consistently ask and answer it with helpful blog posts and then build out any product pages that you have. You're not going to rank for keywords if you don't have any content on the site using those keywords. So what might sound like common sense is actually something we see all the time with people who are just getting started out. They don't even have that content that addresses those user questions. Finally, if you serve a small local area, don't be afraid to capitalize on that. Google actually can see local businesses a little differently and understands that they serve a particular area. So use those location-focused keywords in your content, such as, you know, a nursing home in Southwest Ohio. And use it in your content, write a blog post about the relative events or activities in your specific area, et cetera. That way you're really utilizing those location-specific keywords and capitalizing on it. SEO can seem a little bit like hocus pocus, but in theory, it's all about Google helping the best and most helpful sites get found. So focus on that in your SEO efforts and you're already going to make huge strides. Great suggestions, Jenna. We have another question. Um, this person says, my competitors are always outranking me for certain terms. How can I improve my performance and do better than them? 
So I would say, don't try to compete on exact specific keywords. That's basically like a race to the bottom. There's always going to be a, you know, a bigger company out there who has more time and money that they're going to be spending on SEO efforts. So I would recommend focusing on what are called long tail keywords. Let's say the term running shoes, you want to search for that or rank for that. That's a really broad term that a lot of companies are going to be competing for. But then if you think about, okay, let's narrow it down. Uh, women's blue running shoes for high arches. That's going to be a much more specific keyword that a lot fewer companies are trying to rank for. And generally, the, the more specific the phrase is, the fewer people are competing for it. So if it's, again, one of those really general words, um, it's very hard generally to rank for one of those broad keywords. So focus in on those long tail keywords, just kind of find your niche um, and capitalize on the ones that make sense for your business instead of trying to go head to head with these huge companies. All right, that is all we have for today. Be sure to tune in next time. We're gonna be taking you through more marketing tips and tricks. See you then.